Welcome back. We're up in the woods at Bays Mountain in Tennessee. Ken Childress is one of the naturalists. He is showing us around this magnificent park where before the hour is over, we will actually hear the wolves howl. It is more than just a park. It's a nature preserve. There are all kinds of lovely animals here. Also, Ken was pointing out before the break the fact that there are still a lot of free-roaming Oh, bobcats and deer and a, even a wolf or two here in the area. I wonder if any of those animals ever encroached on civilization. Rarely, uh, because they're pretty secretive and for the most part stay out in the woods uh, on their own. They're not usually prone to coming around houses. Mm. Uh, they're they're nature gorgeous animals. Areas. Yeah, we had problems, and I live in Los Angeles, as many of my listeners know, that uh, in the periphery we have a lot of mountains around L.A., and uh, when uh, we had drought and the habitat dried up, they were coming closer and closer to civilization because they could smell food in garbage cans. And uh, there was a little bit of a danger there for a while. Yeah, we don't seem to have that problem around here, um, especially with bobcats. And I think the main reason is because they're kind of secretive. And they're a little bit smaller. I think some people are kind of disappointed to, you know, when they see them. They weigh about 25 or 30 pounds, which is a good-sized cat. But... Uh, they're a little bit smaller than some people think, and they do have the bob tail or the little short tail that's about three or four inches long. But in essence, when you say bob cat, they are just a big cat. Yeah, yeah. They just look like a giant house cat almost. Do they meow? <laughs> no, they don't. Do Although they growl? They do growl. <laughs> and... Uh, they don't do that much, though, but they, they do that occasionally. For I the was, most part, they're pretty quiet. I was at the San Diego Zoo a couple of years ago, and you come very, very close to the lions there. I don't know how they keep the separation. It's a big pit that they'd have to get across, but there was this huge lion came up and looking at the crowd, and it did that MGM, and when it opened up, the kids just jumped back about 10 feet. I mean, they, it was really loud. The classic roar, huh? Yeah, absolutely. So what what other animals do you have here? I did not know that this was also a little zoo. We try to keep uh, only animals that are either native to this area now or that were once here. And uh, at the present time, we have the bobcats. We have some white-tailed deer, uh, raccoons, river otters. We have an aviary with uh, waterfowl in it with various kinds of ducks in it. And um, I thought we might take a walk out and see the habitat with the wolves in it. Oh, great. Ken, what kind of regulation do places like this have? Are there federal laws about the the care of animals? I mean, you, you look as if you do a wonderful job here. And I might point out that I'm not trying at all to be pejorative. I know people who deal with animals, the vast majority of them, love the animals they work with. But is it a state standard for their health care? Is it a federal thing? How is that all handled? Well, there are some of each. Um, there are various uh, permits and regulations that the state puts forth. And, um, and then quite a few that are put forth by the USDA uh, arm of the federal government. And uh, so we try to meet those guidelines. And we also try to provide habitats that are... Uh, not only pleasing for you and I to look at, but pleasing, but pleasing for the animals to stay in. You notice back there where the where the bobcats were, uh, there were a lot of trees in there, a lot of the uh, green Christmas tree-looking trees, which are hemlocks. And we left it that way on purpose because we wanted them to, first of all, feel at home, and second of all, uh, be able to, to maybe hide if they wanted to or... You know, kind of have a little place where they could get away from the uh, the people if they wanted a little quiet time. 
Well, now this animal here looks like a twin brother to one that jumped over the hood of my car on a dark highway when I was in high school and scared <laughs> me to death. What's the, the official name of this? This is the white-tailed deer. There are two of them here close to us. One on the left is the buck, which doesn't look much like a buck because he lost his antlers a couple of weeks ago. And then the one in front of us is the doe. Do they shed the antlers? Is that the way that works? They do. They shed their antlers each spring. Um, if you look closely at his head, you'll see a couple of little circles there on top of his head that look like they have a little scab over them. And uh, very soon that will start to grow, and by September he'll have a great big set of antlers. Wow. Now, as the animal gets older, do the antlers become larger? To some extent. Um, most of the uh, deer with the biggest antlers, or uh, racks as people call them, are about middle-aged. In other words, they're about seven, eight, maybe nine years old. What a gorgeous day to be tromping through the leaves at Bays Mountain Park just outside of Kingsport, Tennessee. Ken Childress is a naturalist here. He has been showing us around a park that is a gorgeous example of one of America's true hidden treasures. We are doing what I like to do best. We are out in the brush, so to speak. We're in a beautiful part of the world. You may remember last year we went to Dollywood, down south of Knoxville. Well, this week we are northeast of Knoxville, Kingsport, Tennessee. This is the Tri-City area. The big airport here is Johnson City, if you want to fly in. This is the Bays Mountain Park, and it is a gorgeous, beautiful place. And before this hour is over, our guest, the man showing us around the a uh, naturalist here, Ken Childress, is going to make the wolves howl for us. First, some unfinished business. I hope you were able to join us about a month or so ago for the big Cinco de Mayo program we did from downtown Los Angeles. And at that time, we mentioned we were giving away a free trip for two to Mexico. And all you had to do was drop us a line. Well, the winner is Edgar Cobain from Stanton, California. And uh, Edgar, if you're listening, we'll be contacting you. The Mexico Tourist Board will be contacting contacting you also. Well, back to our tour now of Bays Mountain Park just outside of Kingsport, Tennessee. Ken Childress, the naturalist, has been showing us a great deal of uh, deer. Some have shed their antlers, some haven't. Well, now you see these wonderful classic photographs of rams who just ram each other when they're they're vying for the, I guess, the young lady in the area. Do, do deer do that also? Do they have combat? They do that too. It's not so much the ramming, but uh, more of a shoving match with the, where they kind of lock antlers and push and shove, and whoever gets tired and quits first loses, and he has to go find uh, a territory some other place. Do we still have a lot of deer around the U.S.? I, I know I've been in the Florida Keys, and there's what's called key deer, which are miniature, and they're trying to preserve those. There are very strict speed limits on Highway 1 because so many of them get run over. Well, we have a lot around here, and I think probably most of the country is an experiencing uh, an increase in the deer population. I know in this area they, there are a lot more than there were. You know, around the turn of the century... Uh, deer were kind of scarce in most places because people had hunted them so heavily that uh, that they just almost disappeared. Now that most of the states, well, all the states have uh, regulations on hunting, uh, you know, they begin to come back. In some places, there are so many that they're beginning to be pests. 
Wow. Hey, uh, Ken, what, what about, uh, you, you say hunting. I've never had deer meat. It's it's venison. Mm-hmm. What does it, it taste like? It's, it's pretty tasty. It's kind of like a... Maybe a little bit sweeter version of uh, beef. A lot of people like it. A lot of people around here uh, like it and cook it up in various ways. Some people make it into, um, you know, grind it and make it into a hamburger type consistency. And a lot of people fix stew with it. And uh, uh, a lot of people like to make it into jerky, which it makes a really good jerky. Well, I know I had a conversation with my grandmother many years ago, uh, and she was i was asking her how food was different say around the depression than today and she said oh everything's hamburger today everything's hamburger and she began to tell me the things that they used to eat on the farm and they had a tremendous amount of deer basically because it was available and it was free if they could find it well so it and it made good eating it is good it it is tasty and uh, it's he's following us pretty you know? lean too there's not a lot of fat on the deer meat hi there he's he's afraid we're going to trespass on his territory oh i see so he's probably going to walk with us as we go down go down this way he's very territorial even when it's not uh, mating season he's going to follow us to make sure that we stay out here have a name well not officially but most people call him bucky (laughs) hi bucky come on come on The other thing, too, and maybe it's even though Los Angeles is cleaning up its act, after two years of living out there, I noticed one thing about this place. The air is wonderful here. (laughs) Yeah, we have nice nice air here. Most of our weather comes from the west, and, uh, you know, if you just, if you're looking at a map and you look west of us, there's a a lot of open space and a lot of mountains and not really that much... uh, habitation and civilization down that way so our air is pretty good well i know you've got some gorgeous mountains of course here in the smokies and appalachia later today i'm driving to jackson tennessee and i know there's that beautiful range you go over between knoxville and nashville that's quite a hill yeah the the plateau the cumberland plateau that's a real interesting area down there and uh, when you get to jackson that'll be a lot different than here mm-hmm well, now here we're coming in on a, another fenced-in area. This says no feeding. What do we have back here? This is the wolf habitat. Uh, what we'll do is look around and see how many we can find. There's we one, actually, two. We actually have five. Three. A pack of five who are living here in the habitat. There are three females, two males. All right, Probably. I see three. One over there, one here, and one here. Okay. But, you, but you've got some great shelters for them to hide in. Yeah, and uh, you know what? We went to a lot of trouble to build those, and uh, they very seldom go in. They'd rather sit on top. <laughs> Even if it's raining or snowing, they'd rather sit on top. They like to be up so that they can see out better and, and, and know what's going on around them. So back in the, in the early part of the century... Uh, and it, and it happened here and, and really over the entire country. Uh, people, you know, they just saw the wolves as a bad thing and they went about uh, killing them out. And unfortunately, they did a really good job of it because they got rid of most of them. Do you know how closely related a wolf is to, to the, the genus for the dog family? Because if I hadn't been told that was a wolf, the way it's looking from a distance, I thought it was a dog or would have well, thought that. Well, it has the same characteristics as dogs. And if you could stay out here for a long period of time and watch how they behave, especially how they behave with each other, you would see a lot of dog-like behaviors. But uh, that's but a really... I should say that the other way around. I should say that the dogs have a lot of wolf-like behaviors because all of our dogs 
great 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 granddad and grandma thousands of years ago were wolves that's the ancestors of our pet dogs